Hi, welcome again to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of October 26, 2009. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. And I'm joined today by Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. And Jackie Ritako, account coordinator at Interval. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Hi, good. Recovered from the big health camp oriented themed weekend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think so. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna spend some time reviewing that. So for folks who weren't able to attend, uh, we'll give them a little bit of a recap. Uh, but let's start with the most important part of the whole weekend, which was our partay on Friday night, <laughs> which was fun despite the the snow slash sleet slash crap hole weather we had we still had a good turnout don't you think yeah yeah i had a lot i had a lot of fun uh jackie uh a big applause to jackie for the effort she put into uh pulling all that together because that was uh that was mostly her oh. yeah well thank yes. you all the legwork to to make sure everyone was happy with food stuffs and libation and yeah i helped with food and drink but adam bought rock band so that's his credit <laughs> <laughs> That's all that people remember, right? Yeah, right. Forget the food and drink. <laughs> we had a good turnout. We had some of the speakers uh, show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Chris Boyer from mm-hmm. Health Camp, or from Health Camp. He was at Health Camp. From Health Grades. <laughs> Health Grades came, and we had another speaker. We actually had two other speakers, didn't we? We had, I want to make sure I get their name right. Uh, from the topic, can device manufacturers and donor groups benefit from online health communities? We had John Reed from Abby Moore Medical and Mary, right. is it Hallett or Hallett? Do you guys know? You heard her speak. I didn't get to meet her at the party, but she was from the National Marrow Donor Program. She showed up as well. So that was cool. Yeah. And who else? Albert was there. Albert Marugi. Marugi. Mm-hmm. Gosh, he told me how to pronounce his name, and I screwed up. <laughs> We're probably he just botching up... last names all over the place here. I am... Well, he can <laughs> screw up my name on his podcast. That'll be a fair, fair exchange. Bevolo. 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 Benold. Bevolu. <laughs> but uh, Albert was instrumental. Uh, he he moderated the first session, but he's also instrumental in the whole thing being pulled together. There was a number of volunteers, Eric Hansen, Kent Bottles, uh, Lisa Grimm were all helping pull off this event on Saturday. But uh, I'm going to give Albert credit for what looked like the most legwork because I saw him everywhere, right? Uh, both during the day and beforehand. So uh, kudos to all of them. But uh, we had a good time Friday night. It was very yeah, fun. I had a lot of fun. Yes. And did we still have food left over or is it all gone? I know there's no alcohol left over. I know better than to ask that. <laughs> Actually, I've got, I've got. Well, it's not a ton left, but I, I think I left with a, a, a box like a twelve bottle box full of miscellaneous beers. Nice, but um, and some bonds. Yes, I just need to have some. Um, some I don't ever drink beer alone, so I need to have friends over to help me drink this. I just, I just need friends now. You need to have like a beer camp, Minnesota. You need to have your own conference. <laughs> Invite people over just for that. <laughs> well, they might be disappointed with the selection in that case. There's some good stuff in there, but um, I don't know if it's enough to constitute a beer camp. 
You don't think people would travel in from around the country? <laughs> well, I'll, you I'll never know how shot. desperate people are, I suppose. That's true. That's true. And Chris Boyer from Health Grades, which is based in Denver, uh, tried to send some Colorado beer ahead of time and ran into some postal regulations or some such thing <laughs> that prevented it. So he says it's on its way. It's just maybe that will be a foundation for you, Adam. You could take that and then you would really have an international array of <laughs> beverages. There we go. Yes. And and Jackie, did you did you were you able to score anything? I got some nice cupcakes and a mint, which was yes. good for my kids. Well, I handed some of the beer off to Adam and then I took the wine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think I got a bottle of wine too. Yeah. That's a win win right there. In a bag of chips. It is a like a bag. All that all that in a bag of chips. Yeah, you have enough to nice. throw a party there, Adam. So you Chris, do. not so much. Beer Camp Minnesota. Okay, well, watch for details for Beer Camp Minnesota coming. <laughs> there you go. So what, let's talk about the actual event on Saturday. I wasn't able to make it till about midway through because I had to find a sitter uh, who was unwilling to come at 7 a.m. Imagine that. So so why don't you guys talk about, you know, Adam, I know you were there, I think, from the get-go. If mm-hmm. I saw your tweets appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I can just say off the top that it looked like it had great turnout, and I'll talk about some of that a little bit when I get to the session I had. But Adam, you know, fill in the audience on on what happened over the first couple hours. What were some of the things you remember? Uh, well, the first hour, of course, was uh, uh, Lee. Now, is his last name Ozzy or AC? I, I believe it's Ozzy. Yeah. Okay, because um, Marugi is. Uh, I, I botched his last name there. But he, he was saying he was saying AC. Um, I think it's so, Ozzy. Okay, well, one of the two. Anyway, um, he's the um, uh, interactive or uh, social media dude from Mayo, and um, yeah, I know he he talked he talked about what the Mayo Clinic's been doing um, in terms of social media and in terms of interactive. Um, really started off with um, you know I think what really got it all going for them was when they put some of their audio content online into iTunes, kind of right when iTunes started allowing podcasters to put stuff on, uh, well, I shouldn't say allowing them to put stuff online, but allowing them to make feeds available through iTunes to really simplify the way people can um, uh, receive their uh, uh, podcast subs- subscriptions. Right. Um, but he talked about the success there, and then uh, after that kind of went off into some of the other social media outlets that they have taken advantage of and just, um, you know, kind of covered how easy it is to get into this stuff and how, you know, especially if you have some of this stuff already available, such as audio in their case, um, you know, it's not a huge uh, time commitment or a resource commitment to get that stuff uh, up and available to the public. Um, so that was good. You know, I, I think the only, the only negative, and it's, and I, and I use that term, uh, loosely as I just feel like I've heard a lot of that before from them. You know, I, I saw, I went to, um, which is going to be the case. I, I mean, even with, with the, with your speakings, you know, you're going to do the same topic in a few places before. And I maybe just heard him talk about this somewhere before. Um, I think probably like five years ago, I was at Mayo, maybe not quite that long. Maybe it was for, um, with mission for a conference. And, um, I felt like I heard a lot of that same stuff then, um, but I think there might have been a couple of new nuggets, uh, of course, with some of the new social media since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be but to be fair, there? Adam, you are at the cutting edge of all this stuff. And, <laughs> well, you are. Yeah. And so for you, it's probably like, you know, not only have you heard it before, it's it's, you know, 
it's like a nuclear scientist going to learn about chemistry 101. It's it's a little over, you know, under your sure. level. And I don't know about for the people that were there, but I would imagine right. where Lee speaks, unfortunately, he's speaking to hospitals and health systems and most of those folks uh, need chemistry 101. So right. mm-hmm. uh, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then the other uh, presentation, I believe, was the other morning presentation, uh, or maybe you guys were there for this one. Was it the one with uh, Jean Reed from Abby Moore? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I and Mary. Mary. Right. That one, I, I don't know, is probably one of my favorite parts of the of the day, um, primarily just because it was really cool to hear um, John Reed. And, you know, for, the, for, for lack of a better term, and I think he kind of set himself up this way, too, is just, you know, an, an older dude who finally... Who 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 doubted the power of of social media, and when he was um, finally convinced to give it a shot, he saw remarkable results, and now he's out talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just really it was really cool to see. Um, it was also cool to hear somebody like him talk about using humor in your marketing and how w- awesome it can be and how successful it can be, and to hear him out promoting that. Um, you know, cause we, we're always trying to push people to take risks ourselves and a lot of times it just falls on deaf ears. So it's, it's fun to hear success stories of people who have taken risks and really seen remarkable, remarkable results. And in their case, it was, uh, you know, John, John Reed, chief executive officer for Abby Moore Medical. Um, they create, uh, what is it exactly that they create again? It's a, it's a stent, it's a for, stent for, um, the, for a prostate. For a man's right. prostate, yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said he said they had an uh, an intern, basically just totally unpaid um, younger girl who was working with them, uh, I'm not sure, maybe a year ago. Um, I, I might be way off um, with the time there. But she she came in and just started uh, trying to get them going on, on some social media outlets, and one of which was YouTube. And she convinced them to make this hilarious video um, – to promote the product and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, I just finally got around to seeing it this morning and it, I literally was laughing out loud. It is, it is, it's good. It's funny. What is it called um, again? Uh, the title of the YouTube video is men who can't pee okay, yeah, yeah. a failed commercial. It's about four minutes long. Um, and it's just like these outtakes of these two, uh, farm community old dudes trying to uh trying to rehearse their lines or give these little testimonials for the commercial but they keep uh they keep botching it it's pretty funny yeah and i remember him saying uh near the end of his session that uh he he remembers when they were putting that video out that he was really really worried uh that you know, this was something that hadn't been done, taking a humorous approach for a medical condition like this. Uh, and he was, his biggest concern was he's been in the business a long time and people who he knew in the business basically laughing at him. Laughing he, didn't at want him to be the, he didn't want to be the laughing stock right. of the industry. Mm-hmm. Like thinking, what in the world did you do this for? What were you thinking? Because it was going out on a limb. It was doing something different and new. And he was very concerned that it would be received the wrong way. Uh, and I can't remember the word he used. He said, in fact, the results have been the opposite. Yeah. He's used a word. It wasn't even fantastic. It was better than fantastic, whatever right. that would be. Fantabulous, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, he talked about his colleagues just telling them how, how great they thought it was. Yes. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give him some credit too, because 
he was at the he was at the party the night before, and I was in a discussion with someone. And I can't remember even who it was. It was someone I met there, but I'm going to botch her name, so I won't even try. <laughs> and he came up and introduced himself, and we started talking. And he, you know, he said that in two weeks they're waiting for uh, a ruling from Medicare on what this device would be reimbursed at, which for a medical device company is like the hand of God coming down and saying, this is what, this will tell you whether or not you're going to, you will survive as a company because if it, Mm -hmm. if it's not reimbursed or if it's reimbursed too low or whatever, you're pretty much screwed. So it's Mm -hmm. a huge deal. And he asked, and I'm going to get these numbers wrong, but it, it kind of proves my point. He said, well, what do you guys think of the mandatory cut in Medicare of 26% that's set to take place in 2010? Uh, what do you think that's going to do to health care? And the woman and I just kind of went, blah, blah, you know, well, you know, we don't really pay much attention to that. And, and he's like, well, it's, a, it's a, something that Congress has mandated that Medicare cuts reimbursements 26% for outpatient ambulatory care. Uh, and typically what happens is they come through at the last second and save it. But right now with all the talk, there's, there's actually a possibility that they won't do that and it will go through. And, and me and this woman who are both, you know, this woman makes her living from healthcare, just like we do here at, at interval. And we we're both like, blah, blah, blah. And he just kind of looked at us and he blinked and he's like, it's kind of important. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he was right. When you think about it, basically what he was saying was, the majority of our clientele may be looking at a 26% drop in their revenue. Just mm-hmm. right. uh, not across all of their revenue, but we all know how big Medicare is as a, as a payer. It's usually the number one or a leading payer for healthcare providers. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was like this slap in the face. And he was being funny, but he was absolutely right. And it shows you, <laughs> we've talked in this podcast before about how much should, how much should folks like us or uh, our audience really, really understand healthcare reform. And while this isn't exactly healthcare reform, it's, it's tied to it in some ways. And that just shows that, boy, you better know what's coming down those tracks, because if it's a freight train going hundred miles an hour with a 26% cut, uh, what's that going to do to, you know, our clients and their budgets and all that. So uh, I want to give him credit, you know, for, for kind of saying, well, you know, this is something you might want (laughs) to, you might want to follow attention to. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of funny too. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, Adam, but I wanted to get I wanted to give John some credit there. No, yeah, totally. And that's about I think after that you guys were you guys were there. Yeah. After that was the session that I moderated with Chris Boyer from Health Grades. Uh and Tammy, I'm gonna get her name wrong because I got it wrong in the session. I think it's Tammy <laughs> Young from Healthcare Scoop here in Minnesota. And uh I thought that one was really was really engaging. And what was cool was uh, maybe we mentioned this before. Maybe I didn't on the podcast because I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it if it didn't wasn't going to come true. But uh, I've done a guest lecture for a good friend of mine, Ryan Armbruster, who's an instructor at the University of Minnesota. He teaches a class called Healthcare Design, uh, Healthcare Delivery Design and Innovation. And I spoke there a couple of, of weeks ago, and we invited Ryan to the party and to Health Camp Minnesota. Uh, he's not from here; he's from Colorado, but he flies in for these classes he teaches. And he actually was in this weekend and was teaching the class on Saturday. Uh, and it turned out to be right across the street, right connected to where the health camp was. So I said, why don't you bring the class in? So we doubled the attendance of health camp, Minnesota practically when his class of 42 graduate students came in for the session on uh, American mm-hmm. idol doctors. Will it come to this? And I thought it was a great vibe. 
they had great questions, uh, really, really pushing the panelists to, to, to articulate what was the value of their offerings, what were some of the challenges with it. Right. Uh, so that was, you know, I have some other things, but from the audience standpoint, you guys are up in the audience. What, what was your take on it? Hello. <laughs> it was you? awesome. I was going to wait. <laughs> it was it was awesome. <laughs> no, I mean, I thought it I thought it was very engaging. I mean, I was I was quite impressed by the number of questions that his class had. I mean, as did the participants in Health Camp Minnesota, but there are a lot of good yep. questions. Yep. I it, what what hit me was uh there seemed, seemed to be very very deep genuine disagreement as to whether consumers are either equipped or educated to really understand right. the tools and information available to them. Uh, mm. Strong cases, I think, made both through the questions and the answers for both sides of that. Some folks saying, hey, you know, I, I completely manage my own health. I know it better than my doctor uh, because I can take the time to find out about it. And others saying, look, you know, this information isn't complete. We don't know what's behind it or how people are incented to put this out there or what's driving them to say what they're saying. And right. uh, I don't feel comfortable, you know, taking these tools and I don't, wouldn't want to use them and they're cumbersome or whatever. So I, I love the fact that it wasn't a either or that there was, there was great opinions on both sides. Yeah, it was really it was great to hear the um I mean the crowd the 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 attendance like doubled as soon as all the students came in. It was it was nice to see the room full too. I mean there were there were quite a few people there um already, but man, as soon as they piled in, it was it was uh, it was a full house. Mhm. Yep. Yep. And uh yep, some some great questions. Um it was and some as you said Chris, some passionate questions and a lot of those came from the students. So it was really um it was fun to see them as engaged as they were. Right. Yep, and so they too. and they did a. Oh, go ahead, Jackie. Oh no, I was just I just said I thought so too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they did a. I thought they did a good job of pushing the panelists, and the panelists mm-hmm. did a great job of responding. I mean, you've got Health Grades, which is you know nationally known, uh, puts out really a leader in quantifiable quality rankings and measurement of. Uh, hospitals and health systems. Mm -hmm. So a lot of questions related to, well, how do they make their money? And, you know, is there a potential conflict of interest when they are being paid by the very folks that they're rating? And I thought Chris Boyer did a good job of saying, you know, they're paying us for our help and our consultation in helping them improve. Uh, And, you know, I kind of brought up the idea, well, look, this is the same model as our media thrives under right newspapers or tv news or cable news they make their money from advertising and so we as a society have to make sure that they're not you know if if you're in a community and the the number one advertiser that you cover you know has some kind of scandal there's got to be that wall between editorial and and sales because if there's not then you can't trust that source so uh you know my point was hey it's up to all of us to, to keep them honest and uh, I think Chris did a good job of kind of outlining how they how they approach that. Mm-hmm. Yep, you guys agree? Yeah, definitely. Rot row is Adam gone? I think he might be. <laughs> we <laughs> we lost Adam no. again. Poor Adam. He has just he has tried like everything. 
He's cursed. Okay, we're going to keep going. Right. <laughs> Which is too bad because I want to switch to a topic that I know Adam has an opinion on. Adam, maybe you can type type us your opinion on this one, but um, Jackie, I know you'll have an opinion on this too. So, okay. have you seen some of the have you seen some of the surveys on Facebook about I don't even know what you would call this if it's a poll or a group, but sometimes people will post this thing that says, "Yes, I agree with," and then somehow it's a it's a link somewhere that says, "If you charge for Facebook, we leave." I'm not sure I'm getting the words exactly right, but the point is it's a group of people. You know, there's always like right. there's another there's another one of these going on now where people are ticked that they changed the news feed and they're like, you know, we want the old way and bring us back old Facebook and all that. So you expect that. But right. this is kind of people saying if you dare charge for this, we're out of here. Right. So I think it's I have- an interesting conversation to have. You've seen that? I've heard it stated, but I don't know if I've ever seen, like, you said, where, where exactly did you see this? Or have you seen well, it? Well, I saw w- one of my friends posted it, and it was like one of those okay. things where you're, you're, you've agreed to it, and so you can choose to post that in your feed. Um, what you're agreeing to is what I don't understand. You know, there's always like these, um, I don't even know what they are, because I never do them. <laughs> I don't know if they're polls right. or they're... Um, groups or whatever. I should find out. But what's funny is, this is why I don't know. My friend, I won't say who or she, he or she was, posted it. And this person is very business oriented. And I was going to put a comment on his post saying, oh, I didn't know you were a social freeloader, socialist freeloader who wasn't willing to pay for value or services that you use. <laughs> and then I thought, well, that's a little harsh. So I, I sent him an email. Okay, I just said it was a him. Sent him an email to that effect saying, what's the deal? You know, you're getting the service. Why wouldn't you, if you think it's a value, why wouldn't you pay for it? Right. Uh, and and he had he decided that what he had posted was too controversial and he took it off. So I was trying to go back and I was trying to go back and find the exact wording, and he had taken it off because he felt like, oh, he goes, I don't know whether I agree or disagree with this, but maybe I don't want it in my feed. Right. Uh, so I don't know what it is. I wish I could find out. But you know what I'm talking about, right? I feel like I, I feel like At I have seen general. those. If anything, yeah. If anything, they're kind of posted off to the right, like where the advertisements are and stuff. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, it's something where I think, like, if I wanted to, I could have clicked on the link that was in this guy's post, and it would have taken me somewhere where I could have said, yes, I agree with this, and then it would have posted it to my feed. Um, Okay, I don't know what the heck it is. I don't know what it is. We should know before we talk about it, but the point (laughs) isn't how it works. The point is whether you agree with it or not, because I think think it's a key question when you think about the viability and future of social media as a communications tool. Right. You know, what's your personal opinion, Jackie? Would you, if they charge, if they started charging for Facebook because they said, look, we can't sustain this without making money off of it, would you pay for it personally? I don't know. I mean, since when I was in college, I mean, college students, for example, I think, I think I'd have a harder time just because it was more just it was more just social and now I'm using it more professionally and, you know, as a communications tool through work and other things. So I would Mm -hmm. possibly see the value more in, um, paying to use something like that, but I can see where there'd definitely be a movement against, especially the people who just use it as, 
you know, just basically to communicate with their friends. I don't know if that makes sense, but I mean, if you're using it as a professional tool, I don't know. I mean, there's, it's still kind of a, it's still a gray line to me, but there's a difference in like how we as interval uses, uses it and maybe how, you know, a college student would use it. If that makes sense. But, and, and this is a really relative question, right? I mean, we don't know what we're talking about here. What if they charge you three <laughs> bucks a month? They charge right. you three bucks a month. Would you pay for that? Um, possibly. I mean, I, the other thing is, is I've been using it for so long. It'd be hard to imagine, you know, especially if it was that small of a charge, just getting rid of it and not using it. I mean, if they decided to charge $20 a month, that'd be, right. that'd be a little different. It kind of just depends, I suppose. Yes, it depends on what they're talking about. I think my response, we had a good conversation with my friend about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my, I was being a little harsh and I was exaggerating to make a point, but this is a service that provides value. And why would you expect to get that for free? Right. Right. So they do have advertising on there. So that's one model. It's just like network TV. You get that for free, quote unquote. Yeah. But you have to deal with the advertising. But advertising is a sustaining Facebook. In other words, it's not making money. Mm-hmm. So if you want the tool to stick around, they've got to figure out a way to make money. I mean, I think most people would agree with that. Whether or not people would find enough value in it is the question. Now, Adam is chatting since he can't speak. He's been muzzled. <laughs> but he's chatting saying he would not pay for it. Uh, when I asked him, you know, why not? Uh, he said he uses it to stay in touch for friends mainly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not something that he feels like he would need. Now, he's also saying... Facebook showed a profit, so maybe I'm wrong on that. My right. understanding was that it was bleeding money, but he's saying it showed a profit. So I guess okay, well, once again, I, had, we, I need to have my facts straight. <laughs> if they're profiting um, and they want to charge, then that's probably a whole different ballgame. Well, it depends. I mean, it, I don't know what they profit. I'd have to look at that. But they've, had lo- they've invested a ton of money, so you've got to make that money back. If, they, if their profit level is so small that it would take them 30 years to make back the investment, then mm-hmm. it's not enough profit. Um, so Adam's saying, yes, it showed a profit for the first time. So uh, whether or not that means you would pay for it is, is almost a separate question, right? Right, yeah. Uh, what, what's interesting to me is I think there's, I think there's a lot of people like Adam uh, I don't know if I'm in that boat. I may be that would say, ah, whatever. I don't need this thing. I'm not going to pay for it. Right. A lot of the people who I think are like adamant, like bearing the torches and the pitchforks saying, if you charge for this, you know, we will we'll leave. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're going through the trouble of saying all that in Facebook, I tend to think of you as a person that really uses Facebook a lot. Right. And puts a lot of value in it mm-hmm. and would probably miss it. Miss it enough that you might be willing to pay three bucks a month for it. Right. You know what I mean? If you're that passionate about (laughs) Facebook, then you're more likely to want to keep it around. It's a valuable tool. I mean, would I pay three bucks a month? I don't know. An analogy I try to use with with Adam was, well, what's the difference between paying three bucks a month for that and paying long distance charges to talk to your friends? Right. On cell phone or or your phone or whatever. Um, I, I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but I think people are willing to pay to stay in touch. Whether they're willing to pay for mm-hmm. Facebook, I don't know. But what is the question for how does that relate to healthcare marketing? Well, if they started charging and membership dropped 90%, then you've got to ask yourself, well, is this even worth using? pursuing? Yeah. Right. 
No, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a valid question. I think, I think generally anything that starts off and is free for so many years, it's just the principle of, you know, starting to charge it, that really gets to people. So, you know, I don't know if it's right. even the amount of money. It's just more that these things that start off as these free services and anyone can join and, and then all of a sudden it's restricted based on, you know, having a monthly fee, right. I think just kind of burns people. So it's probably more that sometimes than it actually is the paying. Yes. It, it burns them in a couple of ways. One, it burns them because they feel like, why are you charging now? And the other is almost unconscious where you've trained them to think this is free. So right. it's a, it's a business strategy to try to gain as many eyeballs. It used to be called right. As many mm -hmm. members, whatever as you could. And then you figure out how to monetize it. The right. problem is, you know, you set up an expectation that this is free. Uh, another great example is online news sources. So all the, exactly, you know, yeah. all the newspapers that piled onto the web and provided their content for free are now finding it very difficult to figure out how to charge people for it because people aren't willing to pay for it. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they paid for the paper before and why people would be willing to pay for a newspaper and not for the same content delivered right to their freaking computer updated real time is interesting when you stop and think about it, right? Exactly. But but because they've set it up that you don't have to, that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that's when I think it gets to people. Yeah. And and Adam's making a point that a newspaper is a tangible object, which is also something that people hold value in. But if you if that's you true. sat down and you you laid out for people, you know, what if it went I always talk about this with with like books and all kinds of stuff. What if you laid it, what if it happened the other way? What if, what if, you know, the internet was first and printing was second and you received your news through startribune.com and then they came out and they said, you know, and you paid for it. And then they said, now you can have a newspaper delivered mm -hmm. to your door for a quarter. Would you take it? Right. You know, it's just interesting to think about this from a kind of step back and take an objective viewpoint and go, look, you're getting the same content. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're not holding on to anything, but there's a lot of problems with getting a newspaper. You have to be there to pick it up. Somebody has to deliver it. It's more expensive to do that. You have to dispose of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I still like reading the paper, but if I'm valuing the content, clearly better delivery system through the Internet. Why wouldn't I pay for that? I don't know. It's because they right. set it up so I wouldn't have to. Probably. Some people can't get their heads around that. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's understandable. It's not their fault. It's yeah. not the people on Facebook's fault that they're rebelling against being charged. You know, it was set up that way. You can't, you have to, you have to understand that that's how they're going to react. Exactly. All right. So Adam is also giving us a signal now that I can't believe that's true. He said we're at 35 minutes on the, there's no way we blab for 35 minutes, have we? I God, I hope not. <laughs> if so, we well, without, apologize. <laughs> without Adam, we just fly. We just we lose all track of time. I no, I don't think it's been that long, but it's probably been long enough. Let's put it right. that way. His last comment was "eat it!" exclamation point. <laughs> so, so note. we better we better stop there before we alienate Adam any further. All right, yeah. So on that note, for healthcare marketing insights, this is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Rotaco. And from chat and the netherworlds, Adam Meyer. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next week. Bye.